Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Larkcast. If you don't know me, my name is Tony. What's going on? Um, good to have you guys. And I'm joined by the one and only Cameron Russell Johnson. Should I let people know that your first name's Cameron? Is that is that off limits or are we okay <laughs> to say that? By all means. Yeah. I've been asked my whole life why I don't go by my real name when people find that out. Why don't you go by your real name? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure your middle name is also your real name. I think it's just the one that's in the middle. <laughs> it's just funny though to Dude, think how- that you could have been a cam and then I have a cam. And it would just be weird to like know you as Cam. Yeah. Yeah, man. Instead of instead of Russ. I never I wanted for, to go for by the record, I think until, Russ is a better, better fit for you. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I was Russell till fifth grade, and then there was another Russell in my class. And my teacher, he the uh, first day, he just he points at him, and he goes, "You're Russell," and he points at me, and he goes, "And you're Russ." You guys got it? And we were like, "Uh, okay." I've been Russ ever since. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you haven't seen it yet, and you're listening to this, seriously. You, you you're gonna have to go and catch up. There's there's a gap in your upbringing. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah, one of my favorite movies ever. Cameron, a good one. That was a, that was the first time as a kid that I ever wanted to go by Cameron was watching that movie. Yeah, yeah, and he was so he was so emo. He was so depressed. And that day was just like what he yeah. needed, you know. Euler it was. I didn't identify Euler, with Euler him as a character. Grabbed him, went and grabbed him, and like, let's go. We're doing this. Can't say no. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I didn't identify with him as a character. I just thought it was cool that you know his name was in the movie, man. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well, hello from us to all you larks out there, and uh, welcome back to the Larkcast, where we've been going through the Gospel of John and and things. Are, are getting pretty intense in this conversation because as we said um, the last two episodes uh, we are starting a very focused and concentrated um, conversation that John is highlighting uh, that happens just hours moments before Jesus passion before he's arrested before he's you know beaten flogged all that and then his crucifixion it's the last moments he has with um these 11 disciples because in John 13 we covered last week that Judas had already purposed in his heart and his mind to betray Jesus and he's now gone and so it's Jesus and the 11 minus Judas Iscariot and it's it's getting really really intense and these guys are getting faced with the fact that Jesus is is really truly serious about leaving as he's been alluding to the whole time mm-hmm. he's been with them, but they haven't um, either. They haven't believed or didn't want to believe that one day, right. 
they were going to be without him. And so yeah. they're they're facing a lot of a lot of fears and they have a lot of questions going into John chapter 14, which is where where we are today. Yeah, this is definitely that moment where it's a, it's a good place to turn to for anybody listening to this that has kind of questioned what God is like. Mm. What you know, what and what is he really like? Because you know, we've all sort of got these ideas that we've kicked around in our minds and you know, oftentimes we can attribute all the things that we've seen in the name of fatherhood, right? To what this God, the father must be like. And you, you know, you combat that with the voice of you're not enough that's in us and it's endless and it's everywhere. And right. And so you contrast that with this sort of fault idea of God and everything gets really tricky in life and you can wind up almost afraid, right. Or you can wind up, uh, depressed or down and out or scared or i'm just saying there's all these different like feelings that seem to come into our lives sometimes when we think about what this god the father is like and i love this chapter because this is where jesus shows up and he's like look there's a lot of questions you guys have about what's going on and where i'm going and how will you get there and i mean he's just pretty plain with them right like i'm going to prepare a place and where i go right you'll be also and well how do how do we get there man i can't how, you know, how do we get there? That's like this question that's on their mind. And yeah, of course, like within this situation, Jesus is really plain. He's like, look, guys, if you've seen me and you've seen the father, we're, we're one. And, and yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just, it's, it's a chapter I've often turned to in life to just sort of remind myself that everything I'm seeing in Jesus throughout this journey that we've been on for quite a while now on this podcast through the book of John, hmm. all of this is all pointing to what God is actually like. Hmm. Yeah. And you're going to need to, you know, ap apply some of that, that we've learned because, you know, just like this passage, like any other one, there's some, there's some tricky things. There's some ifs, you know, in here that mm -hmm. seem conditional and transactional i think we can get to that in a little bit but you think about like the major categories that he we're touching on here i mean we're talking about heaven or the afterlife right yeah like, well i'm going to a place you can't yeah. come okay well all i'm dealing with is this kind of physical world like where are you going how do i get there proof of the father yep I keep hearing about this father. You keep mentioning yep. this father, like show us the father. Like if we can just, you, I think it's Philip or Thomas, like show us the father and it'll be enough. How about his presence? Are you going to be with us? Are you abandoning us? Is God abandoning us? Are we going to be left yeah. alone? He gets into works, you know, like just what, what we're supposed to be doing in this life in light of this time I've spent with you. And in light of meeting you, he gets into the spirits involvement. Mm -hmm. All right, who is this person you said that's coming? And like, oh, how how do I interact? Who are they? What are they like? And all these things, which are like are major conversation pieces and major categories for people who um, are into the conversation of Jesus or people just in just in life in general. And Jesus starts off the entire thing because he knows all their anxiety, and he says, "Let not your hearts be troubled." And in all yeah. these things. In every major categorical piece of conversation in John 14, I find a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, a lot of performance um, around those ideas. 
And I think it's just very fitting that Jesus senses their spiritual and religious anxiety about these things, the unknowns, the things they can't touch, handle, taste, feel, be, feel secure about. And he just says, let not your hearts be troubled. I think he says that three times peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you and invites him to just believe and trust. I think that's very fitting. He talks about a lot of things, but he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. Yeah, that's what he keeps coming back to, because this is definitely a chapter. If you think about it, where and I think you've nailed it. You know, you hit the nail on the head in in regards to their anxiety and Jesus seeing this. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the driving factor in their life. Which, let's face it, that's that's what the religious nature in us and around us is centered on. That's what it's fueled by, is anxiety. That's what leads to the performance and the doubt and everything else. So. Looking in, looking at this, you know, I love this, the, the actual words that Jesus says to Thomas that you had mentioned when he's like kind of questioning all this. And Jesus is like, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Um, he says, you don't know him. He goes, but I love this. This is in the end of verse seven. Jesus says to him, but from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Mm-hmm. You see this anxiety, Thomas has got you all worried about where I'm going and how you're going to get there and like, what, what do I need to do and how do we accomplish this? And yeah, a lot of that is stemming from this sort of false idea that you have of what God the Father is like. And Jesus tells him, you haven't known him, but from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Because you've He's spent right here in three the flesh. years with me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> And I've been telling you this, but let me right. tell you again. Yeah. So, so be not troubled. Mm-hmm. Be not troubled, man. You don't have Jeez. to question or wonder what I'm like. I'm, yeah. I'm right here. And I think here would be a good question for those who have been listening to the Larkast, or maybe this is your first episode. Um, do you find that Christian community and Christian conversation is a place where you find relief from your anxiety, um, a rest from your anxiety, or do you feel like it contributes to your religious anxiety? And I know our story and, um, I know the communities that I've, I've led, um, man, a lot of times it contributed to it. It didn't leave people with relief but really more kind of like yeah. roadmaps on how to get better at this. From what I've experienced in, as you said, the Christian community, Christian conversation, both ones that I've been a part of and ones that I've led over the years, I would say I, uh, I encountered the anxiety and insecurity in those places. Mm-hmm. I didn't find a place to drop my guard, be honest about who I really am and know that I'm going to be loved by these people, period as they point me to trust in this good news to, to be not troubled. And I've also contributed just to be clear Mm -hmm. to that, to that as well. But one of the things that I found that was, that played a major factor in that. And I find that it's playing a real factor in it still today for a lot of people is that just, I feel like a misunderstanding of Jesus's words in verse six in this chapter. Because sandwiched in this conversation that you and I are talking about that Jesus is having with the disciples, he, he literally tells them, 
for I am right what the way, the mm -hmm. truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. You're asking about a way. Mm -hmm. I am the way. Mm -hmm. You're asking constantly about what is true and where to hang your hat. I am truth. You're wondering about life here and life afterwards. I am life. I'm not a life. I am life. Right. I am truth. Yeah. I'm not a way. I am the way. Right. And man, I find a lot of the anxiety, man, that, that we find within Christian community and conversation comes from almost holding this verse as, as if it's something independent. Like Jesus is sort of over here on the side and you and I are over here on this side, right? With everybody else. And we're trying to figure out the truth and how to apply it so that we can walk in the ways of Jesus and therefore have life. And that seems to be the cycle. But yeah, it also like, seems it, to be opposite of what he's saying. Yeah, 100%. I think the way that a lot of Christian leaders talk about Jesus is that he kind of knows about these things or was kind of like the chief modeler of these things and then kind of gives us a blueprint. Mm. But if you think about it, you're really only you're you're relegating Jesus to what the disciples already kind of like think about him, which is you're independent of these things. You're not these things themselves, but you seem to know a lot about them. So please tell me the secret to understanding it and doing it better. So for instance, show us the father. Yeah. And so they think either Jesus is going to do something to show them the father or tell them a little bit more about him when he's just, he, all he does is point to himself. He goes, how long have I been with you? And you ask this question, how did John start his right. gospel? There's only one God and no one's seen him or knows him except the one who's at his right hand, right? He sent him to come and explain the father, to reveal the father to us. He's talking about Jesus. I've yeah. come to make the father known, right? All these things I say, I get from him. All these things I do, I get from him. I know him. He knows me. I'm in him. He's in me. And you're in me. And he's in you. Yeah. And I'm in you. And so they think that he knows about it. And it's like, no, dude, it's me. Show us the way. I am the freaking way. Um, what about yeah. this, this Passover thing? This is really important piece of our, our, our story, this meal that we're having right now to remember this, you know, slavery, you know, getting released out of the captivity in Egypt. Yeah. This is all about me, all of it. Oh, Sabbath. Yeah. These guys have this opinion of what we should be doing about the Sabbath and all this other stuff, dude, I'm the freaking Lord of the Sabbath. This whole thing points to me. It's about me. <laughs> right. Oh, well, what about the temple? Like yeah. we got to go over here. I am rest. Say, hey, like, um, you know. Our fathers say we should worship on this mountain. And some people say we got to go to Jerusalem to, you know, to do this. Yeah, I'm greater than the temple. It's me. All of it is me. I don't know the I don't know the way. I'm not here to just model something for you or give you a roadmap. It's freaking me. Which is why in the first sentence yeah. he goes, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me. Center your attention and focus and faith on me. Not my plan, not my modeled life, cling to like a person, a historical person who had a heartbeat, grab onto him, 
a lot of uh, things that are going on within just popular Christian Christendom, I guess you would say, is this this idea of like practicing the way, practicing the ways of Jesus, the ways and the words of Jesus. It's all about learning these words and then doing these ways. And in doing so, we become like him. And I'm looking at that and going, well, he's never asked any of us to become like him. He just simply said he'd make us one with him single-handedly because there's nothing that we're ever going to do to become like him, all right? And these things that we see him walking in, like they're good and beautiful things, but they're just good and beautiful human things. They're, they're, they're just simple, you know, friendship is a, is a human thing. It's right. an invention of God. You don't have to be a believer in Jesus to enjoy friendship, eating together, right? Solitude, slowing down. I'm just saying like all these things that we're chalking up is like, no, man, like these are the ways of Jesus. And if we go and do these things well, then we'll become like him. And I'm like, those are practices within all of humanity throughout all of time. Because it just seems to be indicative of what God is like since we were created right in his very image. What Jesus is talking about here is not go do these things the way that I did them. He's pointing to himself, like you said. It's by faith clinging to me. Well, one of the, To me, one of the best passages that I found that I think sort of encapsulates this him as way, him as our very life, him as the truth, mm -hmm. instead of a means to these things, is when Paul was writing to the just to be clear here, Paul was writing to the living, okay, the living Christians in Colossae. And in chapter three, he tells them that you've been raised with Christ. So seek the things that are above where Christ is. Again, they're living people like you and I talking right now. And he's telling them you've been, past tense, raised with Christ. So seek the things, okay, of him. Set your mind on him, not on all these things that you see all around you that are distracting you. And I love this, verse three. For you have died. What? What? Yeah. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He's talking about being hidden in something, being hidden in him. Mm-hmm. That's why Acts 17 tells us that even talking to unbelievers, right? The same apostle Paul said to them, for you yourselves find your very being, for you move and live and dwell in him because mm -hmm. he is life itself. Mm -hmm. He's not a way to it. Right. He is it. Right. And it's like, I feel very, like... very, very different. Like... Yeah. Um. Again, man, like the best they had in their culture was a rabbi, a philosopher, someone who kind of like knows yeah. about some stuff, right? Real wise dude. You can break some stuff down, help you understand it, maybe give you a couple pointers and some tips or maybe how you can like live a mm -hmm. little bit better. That's a lot different than being like, yeah, I came from the father. I know him. I'm going back to the father and where I am, you'll also be because, and I don't understand the like metaphysics of any of this, but like <laughs> I took on all of humanity 
in coming, living, dying, and rising and brought everyone with me in all of it. Trust it. Yeah. Like WTF. What? Like, yeah, just trust it. Let not your hearts be troubled. Yep. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Dude, this is yeah. right on the heels of him telling Peter he's going to deny him three times. And the next one he says to him is, let not yep. your hearts be anxious. Bro, you just said I was going to deny you three times, and now you're telling me let not my heart be anxious? It's like, yeah, I yeah. know you're going to fail. I know you're human, and I know what humans like because I created humanity and became human. I know that you're frail. I know that you're dust, and you came from dust. I under I understand these things yeah. about you. That's why he doesn't carry a spirit of condemnation here. He's being patient. And I love what John says at the beginning of John 13, because he points out that he loved his own to the very end. He was patient with them to the very end. He cared for them to the very end. And this conversation and like the tone that he has and passing on these truths and like pointing all them to him is just part of that loving them to the very end. Yeah. And you see it, man. Like you can look right here in the chapter. Okay. That, you know, that we're talking about here in chapter 14. And you, you got him breaking this down for Thomas. And then right after that, Philip says to him, Lord, show us the father. And that'll be enough for us. <laughs> so how do I get I'm there? Just saying, show like, us talking the about patience. <laughs> it's like, talking about patience, man. Jesus says to him, I have been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Mm -hmm. Question mark. Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say to me, show us the father? Mm -hmm. But yet still there, right? Still patient, still unveiling this mystery of a God who created humanity to live and dwell in himself. Yeah. The one who is life itself, not some independent us over here and him over there. So many of us have been taught from childhood, this, this lie of separation. There's a God over here, and there's a me and you over here. And there's this bridge that Jesus builds between us, but there's also a lot that you're going to need to do and grab onto. Because faith is a two-way street, marked by expectations and determination. Here are the ways of Jesus. Here are the truths of Jesus. By believing all of these truths and practicing these ways, then you can live in him who is life. Bro, I can sing that song and get an applause in 97% of the churches that I've spoken. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's the opposite of what Jesus is actually saying. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I don't want to get like crazy technical, but it's very Gnostic. It's like separating spiritual and physical. It's like mm -hmm. knowledge is the key to all of this. Whereas Jesus is saying, no, like the entire mystery of this is wrapped up in me as a person. I am God in the flesh. Right. Yep. In the flesh right here. Standing in front of you. And, and, you know, he says, believe in me that I am in the father and that the father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. In other words, I'm trying to be patient with you. So whatever you do, just believe. The faith does not make this reality. Yes. The faith doesn't, doesn't build the bridge. 
The right. faith is what allows you to awaken to and to live into reality. Yes. Yep. So be not troubled because the one thing that I'm calling on you to do mm-hmm. is the only thing that you actually can do. Believe. Right. Yeah, it's good. All the other perfect ways of me, you're never going to walk in. You never have. You never will. You're free to to just let go of that. And yeah. And oh, by the way, like even what I'm saying to you, you're going to need help with all of it because even yeah. with me leaving, like I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm sending another helper. Yeah. That's what he tells them. Like someone Same like, chapter. I'm here, right? I'm here. Like I'm bound physically by time and space in a body and I'm leaving. I'm literally going to dip yep. and I'm going to be deuces, but there's someone who's coming. Who's not bound. Right. Spatially. Mm-hmm in a human body, he's going to dwell in all of you. Um, well, n- not the world. Uh, I, well, yeah, that's a little, I want to talk about that really quick, but he's just like, you need help. You need help to love. You need yep. help to believe. You need help to understand the love of God. My yep. One of my favorite passages is in Ephesians. I think it's two. He talks about the, the love of God, the length, depth, breath, right? Like just this, mm-hmm. he ha- I think he has like six or seven, like spatial kind of adjectives mm-hmm. like, that describes the love of God. He's really saying like, dude, this, you can't wrap your arms around this thing. It's just massive. He goes, you need help from the spirit to just understand how, how big my love is. And bro, right there, like what you just said, love that spot on. And I feel like the key to really understanding what he's saying to understand is in those words. You can't grasp this this way, this love. You need a helper to understand this truth. Well, right. you know what Jesus calls the Spirit of God in John 14? This helper that's going to be with you forever, he says? The Spirit of truth. Yeah. Yeah. The Spirit of truth. So sometimes the Spirit, man, he I mean, let's just face it, dude. Like the conversation of the Holy Spirit can get pretty funky, man. Oh, in yeah. Christian conversations. And I oftentimes find myself encountering all these various things that are done in the name of the Spirit. But I'm like, yeah, I know that what you're saying is popular and it's what you felt. It's just contrary to what Jesus says the Spirit of God does. He testifies to the truth, it says. He is the Spirit of truth. Well, who's the truth? Well, Jesus just told us right. just a few verses what earlier. The truth? I am the truth. Yeah. So this helper who's going to be with you forever, the spirit that's going to dwell in you, is going to constantly be pointing you to the reality of me. Of me. The truth. Mm-hmm. And all that I've done and declared that has brought you into this oneness that I have with my father, mm-hmm. you now have in me and mm-hmm. I in you. That's why where I'm going you're going to be one day too because you're going to be in me. Right. <laughs> the the was life forever. Yeah. Life. Like, oh, um, man, it's, it's such a simple thing. Let it be simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even, you know, the command that you don't be anxious, like believe in me. I think the, it, all that's rooted in all that's rooted in trust so it's like they're connected, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, how do I not be anxious? Well, that's the negative, but the positive is trust in me. 
So let not your hearts be troubled. Yeah. Believe in God, believe also in me. Well, how do I find relief from my anxiety? Well, my anxiety is probably rooted in needing to know, needing to understand yeah. all these things, needing to figure it out. And somehow I think that that's on me. It's like, yep. no, I'm going to solve two of these issues for you right away. One, you don't need to figure it out because I've figured it out in my coming, living, dying, and rising again. And outside of that, I've never asked you to yeah. figure it out because this shit's not going to be able to be figured out. So just trust in me. But even the stuff that is going to be able to be yeah. comprehended by you that you're going to need for life, I'm going to send a helper and he's going to point you, guess what, back to me and back to my words. So whenever Jesus says, like, you carry my word with you, or even like James or Peter will talk about the implanted word or let the word dwell in you. Is it any wonder that Jesus is also referred to as the word? Again, we even think that the scriptures are independent yeah. of Jesus himself. That he's just kind of part oh, of dude, all the time. He's part of the scriptures, you know? And it's like, dude, if we can just yeah. wrap our heads around this whole thing, dude, it's just getting us back to or him. Or we think the scriptures are the living word. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like this, mm -hmm. which again, if in the same book, John, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. It's a reference to Jesus, who is truth, who is way, who is life. So the scriptures are true and amen, but they're true because they testify to the truth and the yeah. truth has a name. His name right. is Jesus. Yes. And yep. It's just such an easy thing to miss because I, I found in a lot of Christian circles, people will push back on what we're saying and go, no, 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 Russ, you don't understand. A few verses earlier, you know, Jesus told them, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will they do. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm going to go be with the father and I'm, and then they'll go see like the spirit, man, like he's, Dude, he's going to help us, man, do like all kinds of things, man, to like flip the world upside down and make everyone believe. And, you know, and they start, you know, bringing all this to the, to the table. And I'm going, hold on a minute. Number one, in that verse, you just read me, Jesus says, greater works will they do because I am going to the father. It's a reference to many people will believe, which is more than one on earth at a time, him and those many people believing. Okay with the spirit at work in them testifying to the truth are going to be walking into things of him because of the work that God's doing in and through him. And so now you're talking about a mass movement of people mm -hmm. who are declaring what is true and beautiful right. okay, to the world. That's going to be far greater than just one, mm -hmm. right? Talking about this in one occasion. Right. You know, sometimes they're like, no, man, I don't think that's what it says. Or what it means. And I'm like, but that completely ties into everything that Jesus says the spirit exists to do. It ties in exactly what he just said right here in the chapter. And then here's number three. Are you and I going to go and do something greater than reconcile the entire world single-handedly? Yeah. I don't think or literally so. like stare at someone in a coffin that's been there like four days or more and be like, yeah, dude, like get up. Yeah. And I know some people will be like, oh, it happened in Tanzania in a village. Here's video evidence yeah. of a dude who raised someone from the dead. Dude, maybe. Huh. Okay, may maybe. But like yeah. that ain't a regular Wednesday for you. No. 
But that's why I just go back to there's no way this is a reference to us doing something greater than Jesus greater. because Jesus, yeah, right, single handedly reconciled all things. Yeah. And there is nobody on earth right. that's been able to do that or can do that right. other than him. Right. So clearly, this passage is pointing to the spirit of truth, reminding us of where our life is mm -hmm. in him who is the way. Right. He is our very life. He's no, not... that's really, really good. I had a, um, I wanted to bring up 15, um, 15, 16 and 17, because I just, I just feel like I just a few things connected to that. One is yeah, dude. he's over here. He's talking about, he's talking about the spirit. So 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's not conditional. What he's doing is he's making a promise. He's making a promise and he's saying like, yeah. listen, like if, if you love me, I mean, you're going to keep my commandments because just by being like, just in relationship with me, it can't, you can't help, but like you're like our hearts like sync up in that. Um, and mm -hmm. what are Jesus's commandments? Well, the first one is to believe in whom the father sent. That's his first commandment. What's the will of God? John six, believe in whom the father has sent. What is the first commandment yeah. in this, in this passage? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me, believe also in my father. What is John's whole purpose right. of writing this? I write this so that you may believe in the son of God. Right. And so and somehow all that gets lost. Yeah. And then like he even boiled down the entire law of just like, man, love people. And then we even turn that into a whole charade and all, all, all that instead of just the simple, like, mm -hmm. there's just something nagging in my heart. I just can't give up on people easily. I just care about them. And some people do that to greater degrees yeah. and others and more extroverted and introverted, like all that. But we have a, we have a heart and we love people. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's a promise. Um, not a test, not a litmus test. And I will ask the father yeah. and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Notice the permanence. This is not conditional. He's going to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive. And I wish, I wish someone a long time ago would have pointed out to me just this one simple thing. When Jesus refers to the world here, he's referring to the guys he's been fighting with since chapter five, the world yep. is in, in these terms, the church as it's known in Jesus day, the religious community, that's what he's referring to as the world because they carry the wisdom of the world. Yep. When he says the world, he means the religious community. They can't receive it. Not that he's not involved in their lives, not that he doesn't speak to them, not that he's not, not that the spirit even is busy revealing the father to these religious leaders because he was. Why do you think that Jesus told him, man, you just committed blasphemy of the spirit, right? You know, the one unforgivable sin, yep. the one where it's like the father plainly is revealing himself to your heart, but because of your hard heartedness, you won't confess and you just want to just stick your foot in the ground and just say, no, I'm, I'm no, you're not, you're not Lord. You're not savior. You don't love me. I'm going to figure out my way here on my own. I'm going to be independent, not live in yeah. dependence. It's that they can't receive him 
they can't receive it. And the people who can't receive it are not the atheist, rebellious, you know, people running around with other, you know, fake Satanism and upside down crosses and all that. Dude, the world he's referring to, it's the Pharisees. Which is alarming because they're well-versed and very well-behaved. Yeah, yes. But there's all smoke and mirrors for their endless fight to prove into you know some myth of independence. Right. Look what I'm doing for God. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of receiving. I was warned so, so much about sin and rebellion, but no one ever told me about the deceitfulness of morality and being religious. Yeah. Yeah, because these verses that Jesus was reading, just so we're clear, they're two flawed dudes who are continue to be flawed. They're all about to deny him and run and hide. Peter's going to do it three times publicly. They're all going to right, go on their merry way, as we'll see later on. And John, I don't want to give it all away, but I'm just saying, like, you look at these things and they're like, yeah, but, but Peter really got it together after that. And I'm like, really? Because the apostle Paul had to re- talk to him which you can find in Galatians. Um, This Peter went on to just be straight up racist and had to get called out for his views about who counted and who didn't. Yes. I'm just saying like the story continues to be Mm -hmm. the same guys that we see here, flawed people who make Mm -hmm. mistakes. Right. But yet Jesus in the middle of that is promising them. If you've seen me, you've seen the father and I'm going to make us, in you and me and I and him, right? One with the Father. Be mm-hmm. not troubled. Believe in me. And there is a work of love that I'm going to do in you. Amen. And I'm yeah. going to give the Spirit to you. I'm going to be a helper that's going to constantly be pointing you to the truth of me. Amen. Be not troubled. Continue to believe. This is the journey in front of you. Mm-hmm. For I am your very life. Yeah. Also, too, I just want to point out, um, if you dive into, like, keep my commandments, he also says, keep my words. And one of the things I feel like we never throw into an understanding of that phrase is just holding close to our hearts and trusting the things he said. I think we always think, like, keep my words is like we're doing something rather than, like, like, truths that he said, like what the father's like you know, promises he's Mm -hmm. made to us. And we keep those like we hang on to, like we cling to him. We keep his words. It's really another way of saying, believe in me. Yeah. So it's almost like, like him saying, keep my words. I wasn't kidding when I said, I didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but that through me, the world might be saved. Right. Keep my words. Cause I wasn't kidding when I said, the father has given up judgment and handed over to the son and the son doesn't come to judge. Mm-hmm. but to liberate keep my words. Cause I wasn't kidding when I said that the will of God is that you believe in yeah. the son mm-hmm. who is your very life. Right. See, these are the things that evade us. Okay. And our anxious pursuit of like focusing on what's in front of us. Yeah. Which is why I read that passage earlier from Colossians three, where Paul's talking to living people and telling them that they've been caught up 
They've been, they've been crucified with Christ and they now live hidden in him. So keep your eyes on him. Yeah. Not on what's in front of you. Right. For what's in front of you can be temporary and messy and up and down. And if you're not careful, you'll let it drown out. What I've actually declared is reality. Yeah. And so when he says, um, you know, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in me. The whole point is, is belief. But then there's like all these anchors. There's these things about him that are like, that give vision and vivid imagery to what about him we should be mm-hmm. believing. So when the spirit comes, he's like, he's going to bring to remembrance all that I said. And it's when you're driving and you just cling yeah. to like John three sixteen to 18. And it's like, I'm, my heart's kind of troubled about like this or that, or maybe I've been effing up as a dad or like, you know, I'm like maybe Pam just called me out about something and I'm just like heaping like guilt on top of me. Maybe I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing enough maybe with like my parents mm-hmm. or like my other siblings or my kids or work or all these relationships I have going on. Here's all this guilt. And it's like, dude, Tony, the spirit's like, we'll just pop into your head. <laughs> no condemnation. For those in Christ, I did not send, you know, my son into the world to judge the world, but, but to save it. And then you keep those words that those are the things that you cling to. And so in my story, Mm -hmm. I've walked away from an understanding of what church and calling and ministry and, you know, and, and uh, various pieces of theology and all that. But the one thing I feel that I have experienced in all of my wanderings and in all my journeys is very simple things that Jesus said that the spirit brings to remembrance. And I've kept those things. I've just kept them close to my heart. Yeah. Just those things, just to cling to that. I feel like that's what he's saying. Keep my words. Yeah. He's going to reveal them to you because shit's about to get hard, real hard for you. Yeah. The journey of faith. The journey of faith. A life, a life of, faith. of faith. I've been thinking about a phrase lately. It's uh I feel like over the last 10 years I've been relearning faith as a life of grace. Faith for me was always about faithfulness in all these areas I, I felt like were supposed to be happening in my life and from my life. Mm-hmm. So there's this spirit interchange and this social outer change that's happening because of all of these things that I'm doing in the name of Christianity. And that's what faith is. And it's just not true. Faith is dependence. It's to believe, to trust, okay, in Jesus, who is my life. And my life will be messy at times. And God's not like, getting thrown off course because of it. Be not troubled. I am present with you. The helper is in you. Okay. It's a life of grace. It's, it's a life of clinging to the reality that I am loved and accepted and whole and home and free and one in him right now and forevermore because of what he's done. Mm -hmm. Still playing out, but, it's almost like he's tell he's been teaching this, but it seems like he's almost showing them that, as you said, man, life's about to get hard for you guys here in the next yeah in the next couple of days. This is like really silly. You're not but troubled. This is kind of like a like a it, this is I don't know why this came to mind, but one time I was at like um 
like a like a training thing and everyone's there for like you know nuggets or you know whatever like dang i really got to pay attention i really got to like write these notes down you know because i paid good money to be here and the dude gets up and goes listen i want you to put your notebooks down like i want you to just like sit and like listen to like what i'm just saying just be present instead of feeling like you got to like capture like these words or whatever and what was funny was I was just like, yeah, but like, I really need this info. So like, I kept writing notes down, you know, and at the end of his talk, he's like, man, remember mm-hmm. when I told you guys, I just wanted to like, let you sit with this. Yeah. Like all the notes that I had from this talk, they're available in the back. We printed them out or whatever. And that was a, like a long time ago. So now I feel like it would, like you would just pass it on digitally or whatever, but it's like, he wrote it all out. It was all done. He had everything there for us. He wasn't hiding anything. He was just going to freely give us all these things. But it's like, even him saying that our hearts were so anxious that we felt like we just had to like, get it in the moment. Like we still didn't believe. And I feel like Mm. in a real small way, that's kind of how my brain is connecting this. He's like, listen, I am dealing with things, you know, nothing about like in heavenly like realms, dude. And I'm here to let you know that we have a plan, me, the father and the spirit. And it was decided a long ass time ago. (laughs) We got this and I need you to just listen to what I'm saying to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Just trust in me. Yeah. Just trust in me. Because you're gonna, it is finished. You're gonna miss out on a lot. You're gonna miss out on a lot. And people are like, "Well, don't you yeah. care about impact on people and all these other things and and works and like d- doesn't God call us to some of that?" And it's like, yeah, I just think that you're gonna have a lot more impact in this world when you don't carry the anxiety of impact. That you're actually gonna yeah. love really really well when you don't carry the anxiety of am i loving well because free people actually have impact in this world precisely because they don't carry the anxiety of impact well free people are the only people who are actually helping others live free it's 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 to me, it's impossible to help someone else live free when you're living in with that idolatry of impact, when you're living in the endless exhaustion of anxiety. So I'm with you, man. You just have to actually do what he said here. Be not troubled. Believe in me. This is this is the life. It's me. This, this is, is the way. Belief. Yeah, it's the way. It's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, bro. So cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers, to you. all of you listening. All of you who've been jumping into the story and passing on good news and supporting this ministry of Lark. It allows us to really just provides us with a way to come alongside of people, man, with no strings attached. It's a labor of love, and we uh, we love you for supporting it. Thank you. Amen. Till next time.